0: You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. So it's good to be here, and I don't know um, if you've met me before. My name's Mark, I'm Scottish. And uh, I am married to Tamsin. And I don't know if you know this, but your church uh, supports and sponsors me so that I'm like able to go and do evangelism all over the world. And I wanted to take this minute, this opportunity, just to say thank you, because, you know, I'm getting the chance to speak in places where they're maybe not able to give me the finance to do it, but I'm able to go there because of churches like yours who are backing me and helping me, and I just want to really say thank you for that. And one of the things that's opening up to me is universities, I um, they, they want me to do my show in universities. Now I was a bit nervous because I didn't go to university. I went to a Bible college and I got kind of nervous about like, wow, you know, everybody at university is so intelligent. They're so intellectual. Turns out that's not the case. And uh, sorry, if you've gone to university, I'm so sorry. And you're just sitting there despising me right now. And But the thing is is that we went to the university in Derby and we had such an amazing time and we were so excited that at the end, about 40 uh, students... Uh, responded and took a book, and it was really incredible. So thank you, guys. I mean, you put your money into the offering. Maybe you did not know that some of that, like, blesses ministries like mine, and just a massive thank you. So I'm pretty excited about tonight. Um, I've been doing it and touring it all over the world, and I'm so excited to be doing it in Coventry tonight. And uh, we're going to have so much fun. It is funny. If you come tonight and you don't laugh, you can have your money back, yeah? Yeah, people going, I never paid anything, so. Um, But, yeah, you'll laugh, you'll enjoy it, but it's some real gospel truth going to be communicated. And it would be incredible if you can grab someone, obviously grab them if you know them, and bring, I just thought you guys bringing people in. I don't know who this guy is, but he is coming. And uh, it will be fun, and we'll really get a chance to sort of get that message over. So that's great. So if you've got a Bible, or if not, it's fine, but I'm going to be looking at a famous... A story that involves Jesus in John chapter 11. And um, it's a really well known story. Jesus had friends. There were two sisters called Mary and Martha, and they had a friend called, a brother called Lazarus, and Jesus was their friend. And if we pick it up in, in verse 3, the sisters sent word to Jesus Lord, the one you love is sick. And when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. Let's take one second to think about that. You know, they have told Jesus, our brother is really sick. And Jesus is troubled by this and decides to stay two more days. And somebody said to me, Jesus was late. Yeah? Nah, Jesus wasn't late. I mean, we have got to hold on because I know that some of you out there are like, if Jesus was late, then how much more should I be late? Yeah? And that's not how it works. I mean, no, I mean, other churches. I don't mean you. You you guys are never late. Yeah? people are not giving me an amen to that. Yeah, people are mm, we're, we're late sometimes. And uh, it's like Jesus knew exactly what was going on. He knew what was going on in this moment. He was saying, this is going to come and it's going to glorify God. And um, I want you to go and just look onto the next part because the, the Bible says is that Lazarus then dies And then in verse 38 of John 11, the Bible says, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by by this time there is a bad odor, for he's been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Wow. And today I want to talk to you, and my title of my sermon today is Buried. Now, I am Scottish, so the word buried, which is B-U-R-I-E-D, yeah? The way you're meant to say that word is buried. Yeah? And I know that English people say buried. Yeah? I know that. It's not got an E at the beginning. It's not buried. It's buried. Yeah? So we're going to have a little practice. You're going to say it in the Scottish way. Yeah? People are going, I've come to church. I did not come for this. But you're here. And so after three, we're all going to say, but now you've also got to roll your Rs. Yeah? yeah don't do that towards the person next to you yeah just face the front (laughs) we don't want any incidents (laughs) okay take it down a notch or two so the thing is um after three we're going to practice this now just let me say it in it's full glory so you've got it buried okay yeah is everyone getting it after three one two three that was not bad yeah those ladies are like i have not come for this yeah I came to hear the word of the Lord, and it's like um, it's like I want to talk to you because you see the Bible says that here is Lazarus and he is buried and Jesus turns up. And as I was preparing for this message, I really felt that there are some of us in this room that we are buried in our circumstance, we're buried in our troubles and in our difficulties. I felt that there was somebody in the room. And you, you feel like you, you're overwhelmed. You, you feel like you can't move. It, you feel like things are closing in on you. It's like, oh, Mark, I, I just feel like, you know, some difficult things in the family. And I just feel so overwhelmed. And I feel like I'm gasping for air. I feel buried in my troubles. I felt that there's somebody in the room and you're buried in your self-pity. You feel buried in your self-pity. You know you don't want to live like this. You don't want to be like this. But you find yourself buried in your self-pity. Anguish. Between the services, I spoke to God and I felt God say to me, somebody in the room is buried in anguish. And it's just like, oh, the gasping for breath buried in, in pressure of work. Somebody in the room, and it's like it just started to build up and you felt you'd got it under control and, and, and it became a bit more and you're feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to make this work. And then it just feels like, oh man, I'm gasping for air here. I, I, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm, I'm just, got, just about got my head above water. I'm, I'm like, oh, you're buried under the pressure of work somebody buried in guilt you can't see anything except like your guilt buried in shame I don't know where you're sitting today but I felt that there's somebody and, and you feel buried in shame everything that you do and everything you view and everything you see you see it through this this horrendous sense of shame It's like, there's some of us, we're buried in fear. I I felt it it was incredibly poignant that Pastor Martin was just saying about about us having the peace of God, but there's somebody in the room and you're you're buried in fear. It's like, oh, you're so full of anxiety. You're so full of stress. It's like, oh man, this is overwhelming. It's overcoming. I can't. I can't breathe, I can't do anything, I can't see, I'm it's closing in on me. It's closing in on me. I feel some of us we feel like we're under our circumstances. Our situation. It's just so heavy met somebody recently and they're just defined by their circumstance. I asked them their name and they told me their name and then only a moment or two later they're telling me about their situation and I thought wow that person has become defined by their circumstance. And it's so easy for us to start living under our circumstances. I saw the other day a big sign and it says under no circumstance and then this angry message went on to say what you couldn't do under no circumstance must you do this and I looked at the sign and I thought wow I want to live under no circumstance I want to live under no circumstance I want to live above my circumstances I want to live beyond my circumstances. I want my circumstances to define who I am. I don't want to be somebody who's always like living under this circumstance. I want to be living above and beyond. You see, friend, many of us today, we're feeling buried. I I didn't say this in the first service because God's speaking to me, but somebody's buried in, in debt. I just, I can't seem to make it work. I can't seem to get above this. I can't seem to get beyond this. We get so buried in our situation. And the Bible then says that Jesus came and, I, I, I love the honesty of the Bible. You know, Mary and Martha, they were friends of Jesus, but they were ticked off at Jesus. They were peeved. They were like, Jesus, we told you Lazarus was ill and you didn't come. You messed around and and, and now you're late and now, now he's dead. But you know, there's this moment where J- Jesus is so moved when he sees just how, how upset these sisters are about Lazarus. The Bible says Jesus wept. It's like, oh, it really got him. And then there's this sense in which, and I really love this, where Oh my goodness! Nothing's changed yet in the story. Lazarus is still dead, but Jesus is come, and there's this beautiful sense. I really love this. Where it's, Jesus, you are here. It is well. See, even now, the circumstance, the situation, the difficulties I've been describing to you, they're still here. I've not got a magic wand. I've not got a spiritual kind of fairy stick that makes all your difficulties go away. But what I would want to communicate to your soul is, Jesus, you are here. It is well. It is well. Suddenly, these sisters their brothers died it's just horrendous but Jesus is here it is well and I know a room like this with all kinds of challenges and lives and different things going on that we could get you to stand up and shout out to us the things that you're challenged with and the struggles and the difficulties and we could focus on that but right now I'm saying We need to, as a whole group, just take a moment and say, Lord Jesus, you you are here. It is well. It is well. Nothing's changed, but everything has changed. Nothing seems to have made, no, still buried, still buried, but wow, you are here, everything has changed. And Jesus, he speaks in this beautiful and powerful moment where Jesus says Lazarus' name and calls Lazarus forward, calls him forth from the grave, calls him forth from his buried state, calls him forth. And I've read some great commentators of the Bible who say, you know, it was so powerful and poignant that Jesus said Lazarus' name. It's so important that we focus in on he said his name, he calls your name. And that is a wonderful spin. But I also believe that the reason why Jesus said his name is because if Jesus had just said, come forth, then absolutely everyone in the graveyard would have got up. Can you imagine? And they're all coming forward. Not you, Tony. Sit down. You're not coming. It's not you. If if your name's Tony, I'm sorry. It was a random name. So the thing is, just love that. You know, like, oh, everyone's freezing up from the dead because Jesus says, come forth. But I really love the sense in which he's here. He sees us in our buried state. He sees us in our situation. And where there was only death, Jesus speaks and there is life. Where there's only ever despair and turmoil, Jesus comes and he speaks and there is peace. I don't know if you know, but about a year, it's a year since um, the little boys from Thailand got trapped in the caves. Do you remember that? the little footballers who were in a team and they were adventurous. They say that these lads um, had a great sense of humor, a real spiritual, a spirit of venturing, a real spirit of kind of adventure. And the, the reason why that they went into the caves is that they went to see how far they could get in and scratch their name. Apparently this was Quite a well-known game that they used to play. And you could go in and see how far you could get into the caves and scratch your name and then come back out again. And they ventured in while the cave was dry, but they were caught out by a sudden deluge of rain, which flooded the system. These young lads and the assistant coach, they tried to navigate their way out of their situation, but they found themselves lost. And most of you know the story that they got trapped. There they are, buried in this situation. Horrible, horrendous situation. And then the news comes through and people start to assemble a rescue situation they say that one of the most harrowing moments was when the rescue team started to look into the caves and they saw the little boys bikes padlocked outside and it sort of was a real poignant moment to think there's little lads in those that caving system and, and and they're trapped they can't get out and here's their bikes all padlocked up ready for them to cycle home and get some food but they're never going to get home And that was like a really powerful emotional moment. And so cavers began to turn up from all over the world. Experts began to come and to try and help these boys. And I think most of you probably know in the room that actually a a, a man lost his life. One of the rescuers, he lost his life. He He lost his life trying to make it possible for these boys to be rescued. He lost his life trying to make a way possible for these boys to get out of their um, kind of buried state into the light and into the daylight. That's how he lost his life. He was actually laying down lines and, and taking tanks from each part of the cave to the other part. And he lost his life. I find that so powerful, that image of a man laying down his life to try and make a way possible. You see, because this is a a picture of the Bible, a picture of the message of God. Because you see, we're all, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Just like those little boys found themselves lost, so we have strayed away. We have strayed away. Each of us have turned our own way. But the Bible says that's all of us. We're all messed up. We're all flawed. If you're here today and you're looking and you're thinking, wow, there's a lot of religious good people here. We want to be honest with you and say we're all messed up. Welcome, because we're all messed up. I mean, I know these guys on the front row and they're really messed up, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, sorry about that. I like that you're agreeing. You should have said mainly him, yeah, mainly him, yeah. You know, the truth is that we're all falling short of the glory of God. It doesn't matter if you're you know, rich, poor, middle class, whatever you are. What doesn't matter what race you are. doesn't matter you know, your background or your culture. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. We've all strayed. We've found ourselves lost. We've all found ourselves in this buried state of being trapped far from God. But you know, incredibly, just like in that story with these boys, the t- Thai boys, the truth is, is that someone laid his life down. Someone gave his life to make a way possible for us to be found in the arms of the Father. God sent his son Jesus. Jesus came and died on the cross. Let me tell you again, friend, the cross is not the church's brand. The church's, the cross is not just a nice symbol for church to put on their headed notepaper. The cross is a powerful story that God gave his son Jesus, that Jesus was beaten and broken and busted and smashed on a cross. And it was all because he was making a way possible that we could come out of our buried state into the light and glorious light of God's grace and goodness. Wow. Oh, we're sorry today. If you've seen us, you know, uh, please forgive us. We, we were getting passionate and our hands are up in the air, but we're singing our hymns and our songs because we're so grateful that God sent his son to make a way possible so that we could come through the cross into the arms of the Father. Oh, we were buried. We were deeply buried in our sin and in our shame. But God sent his son Jesus that a way was made so that we could find ourselves in the arms of the Father. By, I, I really love this story. You know, that man laid his life down and they, they found a way to get to these boys. But you need to understand that they still Gave these boys the option. It's up to them. Even though a way has been made possible, even though a way has been made possible, these boys still got to choose whether they were going to take that chance, take that way. And this is the, the truth that God has given us free will. God has made a way possible. He has made a way so that we can come through the cross into the arms of God. But you get to choose. I was crying the other day about being on this stage and communicating this with you because I was saying, God, please, don't let there be anyone in this room, wherever, sitting at the back, sitting wherever, at the side, sitting near the front. God, let there be no one who just looks and thinks, well, God, you've made a way, the cross, that's all brilliant, but you know what? I'm choosing to go my own way. I'm just going to do my own thing. I'll sort myself out, thank you. Oh, friend. And that you would go and spend forever and ever without God. That devastates my soul. But as I was praying and weeping, I thought, God, may it be that as people in this room, all around the room, are realizing that you have set a way possible. That there will be people all over this place that would say, do you know what? Thank you, Jesus, that you have died and made this way possible. And I come through the cross and I come through and I am received again by the love of the Father. Wow, that there would be people around the room that would choose to do that today. Incredible. I I don't know if you saw the pictures, but, you know, when those little boys were rescued and they came from that dingy, dark, horrible caves into the light, you know, I don't know if you saw it, but the dads, those little lads, dads, you know, you need to know, those dads were not busy on business. They were not on the other side of the country doing business. There was none of those dads that were kind of too busy with their own stuff. All of those dads were there pacing around, waiting, looking, searching, hoping, oh, I hope he comes, I hope he comes, I hope it's my boy. I hope he's going to be okay. They're desperate to see their son again. And I need you to understand that God is not busy somewhere else right now. God is not indifferent to what you choose to do in the next few minutes. God is looking. He is searching for you. He is hoping that you will come home. He is desperate that there will be men and women and young people today that would say, do you know what, we come through the cross and God is searching and looking for you. You know, none of those dads, they didn't care that they said that some of the boys they'd been under in those caves for a while, they they were smelling pretty bad. Hygiene was horrendous. They, they, They were pretty scruffy, pretty dirty, pretty messed up. But you need to know that none of those dads cared about that. Did you think that they held off, that they put a bit of distance between themselves and their son because the boy's smelling a bit because he's a bit dirty? They didn't care about any of that. They just ran and grabbed hold of their son. Oh, friend, holy, holy God, God who has done no wrong, God who has never known sin, He is holy of holies, but he sees you. You don't need to worry today at all, but I'm a bit messed up, Mark. I'm a bit flawed. You don't understand some of the stuff that I've done, Mark. I've not lived a perfect, clean life. I've not done everything right, Mark. Father, God is not interested in any of that. He's just looking for you to run into his arms. He just wants to get his arms around you. Say, I love you, son. I love you, daughter. Ah, I'm so glad you've come home. I'm so glad you've come home. God is looking for you. God's presence, so real he's looking for you. I believe that in a couple of moments, we're going to give the opportunity. I believe that there are some people who say, God, you've made this way possible. I run into your arms. When I was, um, when I was at school, you know, I was a little bit of a I don't think it's a surprise for any of you to hear that I was a bit of a tinker at school, yeah? I uh, kind of was always messing around and doing like crazy things and getting myself in a lot of trouble. I remember one uh, teacher um, in junior school asked me to, we had overhead. does anyone remember the overhead projector? Yeah. Wow, people there just went white there, just, oh, oh, no, man, the overhead projector. I remember being, looking after the overhead projector at church. And, you know, we used to sing these songs by a great songwriter called Graham Kendrick. But every one of his songs had about 87 verses, yeah? And I had to keep on changing the sheets. So after a while, I gave up on that. And we just sang the same thing over and over and over. (laughs) No one seemed to notice, yeah? Just keep on going. And at school, we had the overhead projector as well. And I was asked to get up and kind of make, kind of put the plug into the socket because we're gonna use it for um, some class thing. And the teacher just said to me as I got up to do it, she goes, "Oh, just be careful of that plug. It's a little bit dodgy. And I thought it would be so funny to pretend to be electrocuted, yeah. In my little head, I thought this will be hilarious. There's one problem about practical jokes and that is at what point do you realize oh, no, this has gone too far, yeah? Oh, no. I mean, it's that difficult moment where you've got to say, ha, 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 only joking, yeah? (laughs) And the longer you keep doing it, the more you don't want to do that, yeah? Yeah? And I pretended to be electrocuted, and I went onto the ground, and I was shaking. And this teacher was like, "Oh, so upset." And then I just remember her saying to get the headmaster quick. And I thought that is a good time to jump up and say, "I'm only joking, yeah, yeah." But I never. And so, uh, anyway, it, it, my dad had to come down. So anyway, the um. But at school, I was always cheeking giving it some and got myself into some scrapes and there was four lads that really were not big fans of me and 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 i remember one day they were like right we're gonna do you that was the words they said we're gonna do you we're gonna absolutely knock you out and then we all went into the playground i saw these lads chatting and i just because we my house was really close to the school and i thought i'm going i'm running And I remember just sprinting for home. And these lads started running after me. And these lads were big lads. They were much faster than me. And I thought, I am in so much trouble. And as I'm running, I can just see the corner. And I think, if I can just get to that corner, then I'll be able to zip around the corner. And I'll be able to see my front door. And they're really catching me up. And I zip around the corner. And as I zip around the corner with these lads right behind me, Wow, my dad was in the front garden, doing a little bit of gardening. And I'll never forget it. I said, Dad, I love you. I remember my dad thinking, wow, my son has come home from school just to tell me that he loves me. So he was a little surprised to see the four lads come zipping around the corner behind me. And I ran into my dad's arms, and my dad got hold of me, and I said, oh, dad, no, I'm not proud of what happened next. And I know I should not have done this, but when I got behind my dad, I went to these lads that were all standing, staring. I went, come on. Come on. And you know that sense, that incredible sense where things were chasing me, but I ran into the arms of the father. And I am so aware today that there are things that are chasing us. There are things that are uh, pursuing us. And things that we find difficult. And it's that sense of which we run into God's arms. God is here for you. God has got his arms open wide. And you know, I believe that for many of us today... God wants us to experience and understand that no longer living in a buried state, but that we would be able to come through the cross into the glorious, glorious light of God's freedom and grace. Imagine those little boys as they came round, as they had been had drugged up and they'd got so much anesthetic in them, they were like, oh, and they came round and it's like, wow, wow, the light startling in their eyes and it's, we were in such a cramped place, we were in such a dark and dingy place and now we've come out into the freedom and the beautiful light and for so many of us today, this can be us coming out of our buried state Jesus has spoken we come out we drop the grave clothes we embrace the father and i'm going to ask us that we would just take a moment and bow our heads in the presence of god as we're in god's presence I'm going to simply do a very easy thing. I'm just going to pray a really short prayer. And I'm going to ask you today, don't pray it out loud, but maybe you could pray this prayer in your heart. Maybe today, you know, there are people all around like, yeah, the distance has come, I've I've strayed, I've got a bit lost and today, God is looking for you. He's looking for you to come home. He's looking for you to come out of your buried state. He's looking for you to move from being buried 10 feet under to buried in the arms of the Father. And so I'm going to ask you, why don't you pray this prayer? This is the prayer. Dear God, Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for making a way possible. I'm sorry for straying from you. And I run into your arms. Thank you for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name. Our heads stay bowed, our eyes are closed. I'm simply going to do this. I'm going to count to three. And I would love for you to have a pack today that we've got ready. So I'm going to simply do this. I'm going to count to three. And on three, I'm going to ask if you prayed that prayer, if you did it for the first time or or for, for a lot of years, you've not done it for a lot of years or it's the first time, then I'm going to ask you that on three that you stand up wherever you are. And one of the team will come, and they will just put the pack in your hand. And I just want to pray for you, and then you can sit down, wherever you are. Oh, don't turn your face away from him today. The way has been made. You've prayed the prayer. Then I'm just going to ask you to stand. One, two, three. That's amazing. That's wonderful. That's incredible. That's amazing people all around the room just you stay standing until you get a pack given to you that is incredible that's wonderful one or two people just joining those that's marvellous I feel like somebody prayed that and you're wrestling in your heart right now and you know you should be standing please don't miss this moment but please join with these. that's incredible that's incredible Where are you? There's a young guy. I don't know where you are. You're sitting somewhere in the room and you've prayed that prayer. You're wrestling with God and you know you should be standing Then I'm just asking you right now that you would stand. Where are you? You make that move, that bold move. Holy God, that's incredible. Incredible. Father, Thank you, thank you, thank you for people all around the room responding to you. We pray that this would be the beginning of a wonderful and amazing and incredible sense of moving from that place of restriction and feeling cramped and feeling so buried in the stuff and that, oh wow, that this beautiful moment of them moving into the glorious light of God. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus' name. Just giving a moment for the last packs to be handed out. That's great. Good. Great. Well, you can you can take your seat. Church, I wonder if you can look at me for a minute. In a moment, I'm going to hand back to Pastor Esther. But before I do that, you know, I I've got it in my soul that some of us were Christians here. And when I was speaking those things out. When I was saying about buried in shame, buried in anxiety, buried in work. Whatever one it was that you resonated with, buried in what's under your circumstance, whichever one it was that you resonated with. I believe that there are people, Christians, and maybe people here for the first time, that are like, oh, Mark, yes. Now I feel like I've got a faith, prayer of faith. A prayer of faith to say, wow, we're going to move from that sense of feeling buried and restricted and this dingy and dark place. Oh, I want to move into the glorious light and the wonderful, incredible sense of the spacious place of God's grace. And that's a prayer I've got within me. So I'm going to simply say, I've not got enough time to mess around. So I'm going to count to two this time. Not two, if that's you, I need you to stand up wherever you are. And I'm going to pray this prayer. One, two. Why don't you stand and let me pray this prayer over you right now. Hallelujah. 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 Oh God. Oh God. Oh God, if you feel comfortable, can you raise your hands up to heaven? Can you raise them up high as my prayer of faith comes out now and I say, God, you see these spectacular, wonderful people all around this room. God, you know what they're buried in right now. You know what they're consumed with right now. But God, you are the God who changes everything. That we are all God, our Our situation, our circumstance is not what defines us. Our outcome is not defined by our circumstance. But our outcome is absolutely changed by your word. And you speak right now. And you release us. We bring freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom. I speak it over you now. That the gleams of daylight will come for you. That absolutely some of you are going to see wonderful moments of freedom. And you're going to dance in the sun. You're going to dance in the sky. Because you're absolutely changed and turned around in the name of Jesus. Oh, we give God praise. Let's give God our praise.